Hi everyone, welcome to Business Insider. This is Sri Ram Iyer. You're watching yet another special broadcast with an ensemble cast of people who run some of the biggest businesses in this country. Uh, you know them for various reasons, but today they are here to discuss uh, what is the way forward. Uh, we are going through a crisis right now. We are all trying to come out of it. Uh, but what are the right choices? Uh, they have made some right choices. They've made some wrong choices, uh, and they are here to share it with each other and you. to make sure that you know we learn from each other and take the right path in this you know to overcome this covid-19 crisis that has been that has brought our life to a standstill i'm going to start this off with a little a few lines from a a 19th century poem by william wordsworth it's called the happy warrior who's the happy warrior who is he that every man should wish to be it is the generous spirit who when brought among the tasks of real life hath wrought upon the plan that pleased his boyish thought whose high endeavors are an inward light that makes the path before him always bright so if i could if that couldn't paint a picture for you don't worry we have six ceos amongst us who are all happy warriors fighting the the good fight uh, but they're obviously take names and say they are representing this company that company because just like mr david letterman my guests need no introduction to so this is yet another episode of big reset all you need to win in the post covid world a special initiative from business insider in partnership with the one of the country's leading think tank observer research foundation and representing orf in this panel today is mr sanjay joshi and we have ekta kapoor ritesh agarwal dipjani ghosh ashish kumar chauhan rajiv talwar and dr mukesh agi thank you ladies and gentlemen let's get rolling i'll request you to keep your answers as brief as possible so we can cover as many issues as we can for a, a variety of audience that business insider has let's start with the mood of the nation and who better to begin this with the woman who sets the mood of every household and has been doing so for over two decades now ekta welcome to business insider based Thank on you, what the people are watching on tv and on, on other platforms these days what do you make what are they thinking what are they feeling are they watching family drama still or serial killer stuff so <laughs> most of them are watching a lot of mythology because uh, we are now not able to understand the level of damage this pandemic has caused us as far as in various homes people are grappling between two choices and we as business leaders are grappling between choices which i i actually don't want to be in the position i am because i think it's too wrong to put people back at work and see that we start uh, people's job and income again or put their lives at risk so it's a very very tough decision at this so present moment i don't want to be at the position i am you definitely don't want to be and people are looking towards the gods to save them yes nothing changes in india <laughs> but uh, you know before we get into this what so so that the mood is essentially that of anxiety and uh, looking for a uh, some kind of a supernatural power So, uh, does anybody want to chip in here and say that they have a similar experience? Uh, Ritesh, Mr. Joshi, Mr. Agi, uh, are your customers, are your clients that you are dealing with, are they thinking and looking towards you and saying that, oh my God, Bhagwan bachale? Look, actually, they are saying technology bachale, <laughs> and that's that's what we are hearing. I mean, that's why it's the tech industry. That's what we are getting because, like it or not, technology has saved the day. Mm -hmm. you know it has ensured that this nation the world can continue it has ensured that healthcare can continue entertainment can continue education can continue and i think what we are hearing now more and more in fact the kind of digital transformation we are seeing now we haven't seen in the last few years mm -hmm. 
the pace of digital transformation has just gone through the roof. And that's what we are seeing. The last few weeks, the last few months has shown digital transformation worth years. You know, that's the rate of change that we are Actually, seeing. That's and a great point is, because a lot of people are saying how at the start of this COVID-19 crisis, a lot of people were saying that this is going to take us 20 years back. But from your point of view, it's taken us 10 years ahead. Is that right? This is going to accelerate the whole concept of digital India, digital world. This is going to be a hyper-digital India and a hyper-digital world that we are entering, um, which is hyper-digital and contactless. Now, we have to figure out how do the two play together and how do we make it happen, but that's what we're going to see. Mr. Joshi, any thoughts on this? Uh, I would slightly differ, you know, when we start talking about the big reset, mm -hmm. I think of the reset uh, not in terms of uh, like resetting your smartphone, it's not that kind of rebooting which is taking place. This is a reset which takes place after an earthquake, you know, the, the huge tectonic shift. A lot of things have got shaken around and many, many fault lines of uh, your economies, your societies, your health systems have been exposed in the process. Now, they are all going to be reset. That is going to take some effort. That is going to take some time and that is going to take a lot of redefinition and hard work. So, so that I think is a big reset we're all looking at and which we're all talking about. So no, I, I, here at Business Insider, we take a lot of pride in saying that, you know, uh, we break it down for our viewers in a way that they can understand no matter who they are at, at in the, you know, as part of the value chain. So Mr. Joshi, just I would request you to sort of simple, uh, put it a little more, simplify this for our viewers and say what part of what Devjani said or what Ekta said, did you disagree with? Uh, see, I just am as an example. Yeah. I'm a techno-optimist. Okay. I believe, yes, technology will deliver a lot of solutions. Uh, but what has struck us? You know, it, is, it, is, it is something which has really hit us not like a meteor. It is something which has hit us from deep inside. Mm -hmm. And it has exposed very deep fault lines within our society. If you start looking at what is happening in the United States of America, Black Lives Matter. The, the COVID has struck, but COVID has struck different sections of society differently, no matter where it came from. No matter yeah. what the origins, we can quarrel about those. But the fact is that the marginalized have been struck the hardest and they are the ones who are going to be most feeling the impact. There is a certain amount of when the governments are responding, when large organizations start responding, like governments, that they are forced to respond in certain ways. You know, uh, techno-optimists say, oh, this is a great time for digital thinking, this is a great time for going into digital manufacturing, uh, work from home is, is, is a great idea. But what COVID-19 also shows us that there are fundamental problems in the way our societies have been organized. There are deep distinctions, there are big differences. There are huge digital divides existing in society. So they, this is going to be a long haul. This is not going to something which is going to happen in the next two, three years, four years or five years. And there are going to be conflicts. Managing those conflicts is going to be the key of that reset. So how this settles down is something which is going to require a lot of hard work. The digital divide is truly a, a valid point. Uh, yes, uh, as Devjani said, that it, this has forced us into the digital era with no other choice. But uh, how many people can actually take this ball and start running is a question that we need to answer. We'll come back to that. Uh, I, I, I want to dwell upon the op potential of the digital opportunities as well as, uh, you know, and the contactless part that we spoke about. On one hand, we have Mr. Ashish Chauhan, uh, whose business has been digital and contactless for a while now. And thanks to him. 
and uh, on the other side we have oyo uh, which is ritesh agarwal uh, the founder here with us ritesh uh, this is something that's probably going to be a little bit of a challenge for you digital part is probably taken care of but contactless and uh, you know the the hygiene issues etc that has to uh, come across in your hotels and these are some very decentralized processes where everything can't be pinned down to you or your you know the the head office but every hotel has to be uh, you know up uh, up to the mark and that is something that you will have to enforce and make sure it happens is that going to be a challenge sure first off uh, just taking on the point of uh, ensuring uh, or people seeking god a lot more this has been something um which also came out in one of the opinion articles which i had written earlier uh, mm-hmm. and on business insider and you'd find something very interesting last 2 3 days mm-hmm. since hotels have opened up and religious um, uh, places have the amount of demand in those locations that we are seeing is much higher than a lot of even urban cities so people are definitely seeking god more than ever before which is not a good thing like ekta mentioned this is not something that um uh, is something for us to write home and be happy about but uh, re- i was just seeing this afternoon there were images of people um you know in a couple of religious destination huge queues uh, queues of thousands of people um wanting to um uh, get to uh, temples um uh, so i think uh, anxiety is definitely um is is high and um i think uh, religious uh, destinations um and and people will definitely see god more Yeah. I think uh, about our business and, and, and wine shops. <laughs> There, that is another place where we saw lots of queues because people think that's the other thing that can cure anxiety. Absolutely, absolutely. So, look, I think with that context in mind, um, you know, clearly one of the things that's been talked a lot about is travel, aviation, and hospitality are among the most impacted industries. There is no surprise there. so um given the exposure we have into this segment it is absolute and clear that we have significant impact that we've had uh but the last couple of months have shown us three important learnings the first one is consumer sense of sensitivity for uh cleanliness hygiene and uh worry about the virus is at its absolute uh, high and hence we also launched a program of sanitized stays in india uh united states with cdc program europe and few markets across the world and we have seen great response from consumers in the sense of saying that i have to be out there for some reason or the other but i would like to choose a uh, project or a place which is relatively at the price point which i could um uh, afford but at the same time is probably the most safe um among everything else the second interesting thing that we are seeing is people are looking at vacation slash leisure travel a lot more in road um, or uh, driving holidays rather than that of air or other vacations because people are very very scared on getting into planes anytime uh, in the near future but on the other hand they're just bored living at home for a long time and hence uh, there is this need of trying to take a weekend staycation uh, or something in that order you, and you for ekta for a road trip movie at <laughs> this dil, present dil, moment dil chahta hai part 2 <laughs> no no i don't think i can dil chahta it would be more like kyunki sasbi gaui bahuti now in another city uh, but uh, <laughs> what i actually agree with him i actually believe a little more of um, what people want to get out they are financially finding themselves wanting to keep back a little bit of finance and trying to save a little more 
See, there are two mindsets that are building up, and I sort of agree with um, Mr. Joshi that there's a serious amount of divide on what kind of psychological impact has happened. It's it's having on different sections of society. So, what's going to happen actually is going to be that there are going to be a reset that will happen for a long time, and it'll be of different types. Like, for example, a small thing like yesterday, I was told about starting shoot in the next ten days. Any other time, I would have gotten proactive and said, "Yes, my teams need to get back to work. People are suffering. They're calling up the office, saying we need to get back to work. They are freelancers. Yet they worked with Balaji for nine years." But now I'm thinking twice because I'm thinking if anyone falls ill, I'll be called the big multinational or the big public limited company who put people's lives at risk. So you know the psychology of even a leader is that you're choosing between wrongs yeah, and true. you don't know what your what the repercussions of a situation like this would be. Yeah. So while the app is doing really well, I don't <clears throat> want to. Cool. No, so um, I think uh, yeah. So there is a, a complete variance in the kind of mood, and uh, this has been true about India in every respect, right? I mean, no matter what happens in India, uh, it's such a diverse country that people react uh, very differently, and that would be true for everything from elections to budget to uh, any film release to any story, any book. Exactly. Uh, uh, that diversity is something that we will have to live with, and in in some ways, we we are very proud of it. Uh, But right off today, I would tell you, I would not want to be the head of any state or center for some years because you cannot make the right decision. No one will be happy. Uh, if my team is watching this headline, Ekta does is putting behind uh, or pushing back her political ambitions for a few years. Over <laughs> there, this is the moment I ended them. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's talk about a bunch of people whose investment, whose sentiments matter. And uh, the, 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 those sentiments, if they have a mood swing, it's worth a billion dollars every minute. And that is, uh, those are the people that Mr. Ashish Chauhan deals with on a daily basis. Uh, what is the mood uh, in the markets, Mr. Chauhan? Uh, do you fear? Do you see the same kind of diversity, or is there a uh, some kind of a uniformity in how the market feels? Yeah, if you look back, uh, our market never closed down. Uh, we continued uh, from mm. March 30, 23 onwards, and uh, mm. We never stopped even for a single second. Uh, all our trades have happened, uh, settlements have happened, all banks, restarts, transfer agents across the country. Of course, the IPOs have not come, but broadly speaking, uh, every uh, market that is automated, uh, especially on the exchanges, is working, and that is also, in a way, a testimony to India's uh, technological prowess that uh, we have gone deep. Uh, we are pretty much available in every uh, mobile phone now. uh but for me uh, what is more important is that we are fully connected and uh, what i hear today uh, with ekta and with ritesh and everyone is very very what i call company centric uh, frameworks but for me when i look back uh, i wrote few articles i didn't come on uh, public domain for very long this is my first uh, public interaction actually uh, over yes. last three months uh-huh. and what i observed and i wrote is basically that uh this uh india is fully connected to the world and this is not a shock only for india for the rest of the world also mm. and uh, they i mean we have come down from say uh, 50 to 30 but they have come down from 95 to 50 so we have a right to catch up we have a time to catch up and mm. if we pivot ourselves well mm. uh, we would be able to actually catch up with the rest of the world which we actually lost out over last 3 400 years and we may be able to catch up uh, Uh, much faster now that everyone is uh, back to 
some sort of a reset, as you said, big reset. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second part, which is also uh, more interesting, is how do we pivot? Which are those industries mm-hmm. uh, that need to be uh, worked upon? And India is pretty much uh, at the cusp of some mm-hmm. of the more interesting, uh, what I call futuristic industries. I think uh, Devjani talked mm-hmm. about it a little, but uh, more from uh, saying that we are currently uh, running the rest of the world and rest of the country. Mm-hmm. But I think we can use that uh, awareness about uh, the technologies and all pervasiveness in uh, Indian economy, despite being so poor. Mm-hmm. We can actually uh, do uh, much more and take the future uh, by the cuff, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what uh, my hope is. Uh, we are having a situation where uh, the rest of the world is pumping tremendous amount of money. Mm-hmm. So although there is a, on one side, there is a panic. Other mm. side, uh, the reaction to all, all the governments, the large governments as well as the reserve banks of the rest of the world is mm. to put in close to 10, 12, 15 trillion dollars. Mm. And just now I was reading that 12 trillion dollars have been pumped in or pro- promised to be pumped in mm. and the markets have gone up by much more than that. And that is some sort of a solace. Ma- markets have gone up, yes. But more than that, gold has gone up. Every time they pump in money, Gold is only now. (laughs) The the way I look at it is the world order is going to change. Uh, What happened to nuclear uh, bombs when it was busted in Japan almost similar times, probably by one month in Mm. 1945? What happened to the rest of the world was that everyone got shocked, Mm. and it was a technological race which, in a way, US won. It was not a US's fight, it was the Mm. European nations which were fighting US won, and now, in a way the virus-based new bioweapons are going to change the world, mm. uh, the way nuclear uh, framework changed. But nuclear uh, bombs were affecting only uh, the countries or the cities on which they were dropped, while the virus-based bombs are affecting everyone very silently, the entire world. Mm. And the guys who can actually manage bioweapons, uh, those guys are going to be sort of halves of the future. Uh, and that's where, uh, for me, India will have to now Ooh. start uh, thinking about uh, what is going to happen. That is also going to change uh, the UN, United Nations. You have seen some moves. Uh, the World Intellectual Property Organizations, uh, the World Bank, the IMF, the entire. You can. This is all you India started actually. when you started speaking. You were sounding optimistic. Now you are. Now it sounds like you are pitching a script to Ekta. No, so I am. Actually, actually very optimistic because seventy yeah. years of our independence, we yeah. went with the wrong guys. We were on the wrong side of the history. Okay. Today we have a chance to become come on the right side of the history, and I think we are taking that chance. Hmm. We have just signed up with Australia. Hmm. We are going closer to America, and for me, that is the only way to go. Earlier we were leaders of non-aligned movement, which was nobody, hmm. right? So, and nobody could support I, anyone. I, I know Mr. So Talwar me, and Mr. Agi are also waiting very patiently. Thank you. Uh, but I have a counterpoint to make here one second. Not a counterpoint, uh, but just an add a layer to what you were just saying. Uh, 100 years ago at this time, there was a world war, yes. Uh, but there was also a few years <clears> before that, there was a Spanish plague. And that didn't stop the world war. What do, why do you think that won't happen this time again? In fact, it, basically, it may not stop, but you have to align with the people who can actually help you, who can work with you in the right earnest and also make you come up. Whereas the ones we aligned with in the last 70 years, they themselves were poor. They couldn't do anything except selling you bogus hardware in defense, which doesn't work when you require uh, and so on and so forth. So for me, when you go with the right people, align yourself rightly with the right partners, probably that's where the world order is going to change. And India 
given its current position on technological strength its own gdp on aggregate basis and many other things india has a very large role to play going so you are saying you are saying that uh, india is not uh, central in this covid 19 crisis but it will emerge as the winner in a summary absolutely and right? if you work hard if you work smart this is a script i want to make <laughs> yes yes i am yes. in mumbai i am in mumbai we can talk later <laughs> offline jain this is the one i want to make fantastic uh, so we uh, mr chauhan spoke about uh, you know governments and central banks across the world pumping in money uh, uh, and so that happened in india as well uh, but there is one sector that did not uh, that argues that it didn't get its fair share and that is real estate uh, and the representing real estate is india's biggest real estate developer dlfs CEO Rajiv Talwar, welcome to Business Insider, Mr. Talwar. Thank you. Uh, um, you know, uh, do you stick by the argument that real estate? Uh, let's let's not let's not get into the sector specifically. Yeah, yeah, but let's talk about uh, you know what Ekta said about the consumer sentiment, uh, what uh, Ritesh said about uh, you know uh, his experience with uh, hospitality and tourism, and 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 for you, those are also interested sect- sectors that you have an interest okay. in. So um, you know. whether it's shopping malls or hotels uh, what are you taking away from these three months of lockdown and and do you have a uh, you know a word of advice or a, a snippet to share with say ritesh yeah, i actually yes yeah. i think what he said about aspas tourism is absolutely perfect hmm. that yes it is going to be drive down tourism which will see a huge spike just like religious tourism which was always pilgrimages were always very popular but i think the bigger thing is that what we have seen mm. is really an urbanization crisis mm. if you had so many migrants going back we actually feel that what ashish was saying mm. what devjani was saying that yes there is a huge place for india now to occupy its role one sixth of the population of the world i think we have a very huge internal market and urbanization has not provided for cities new cities to grow you can only think of chandigarh and you know the satellite cities of noida and gurgaon and perhaps gandhinagar as another uh, this thing of out, outlet but you need homes to be provided i think there therefore we really ought to see some other aspects of it which is one that the swachhta campaign has come of great age today washing hands educating kids is a big so big responsibility those are great uh, so let us say urban you know, specifics on I, i want to tie up what devjani said about technological mm-hmm. progress and how yeah. in real estate uh, let's say i mean a year ago we were talking about iot and you know if people were feeling confident about their prospects if the economy was booming possibly they had a uh, you know you would have imagined the upper middle class and beyond would have participated in this whole you know implementing technology in in various ways within those homes has there been a setback on that front at least cannot be technology will continue to play a very major role in fact technological advances will come into real estate and more than that the opportunity it offers hmm. that the amount of housing which has to be built in this country is a trillion dollar opportunity and okay. just to give you a side aside mr dalwar we have 6 and 1/2 like lakh unsold homes across the country today forget about that there is so much room for hmm. improvement in the economy there is so much of opportunity in the economy that at every level you need a compact you need an affordable home from the poorest to perhaps people who will better their lot I and mean, technologically it is today in today's newspapers 
that the billionaires in the US have added 434 billion during this time. Mm. Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg have added 43 and 25 billion. In India, there are going to be huge opportunities for every kind of business. You have to realign. Mm. For instance, Ritesh, mm. he has he is he can become a part of a trillion dollar economy. It was actually providing hotel accommodation. What about accommodation for the poor who are going to be in affordable and rental homes? Mm. Somebody has to manage that. The government cannot manage it surely by on its own. Mm. But the number of structures which have to be built, which run into crores of them at the at the bottom of the pyramid. Imagine how much of an economic turnover it will give a rise to. How many new cities? How much of infrastructure development? There is a huge opportunity lying for India to restate its position in the global order. And I think that's what Ashish was saying. That this is an opportunity for everyone. We need new cities. We need new infrastructure. We need huge investments and biological. My God, that's the scary part. That biological weapons will come into play. How will India and the larger countries protect themselves and the entire world? There'll be a new UN order. I think we are talking at so many different aspects of this pandemic that it gives an opportunity for everyone to rethink, to re-strategize. to reinvent and thereby hopefully be a part of a much larger economy so not only technologically so educationally to summarize to put it in one line are you saying pump in more money or are you saying um, i select sectors and then spend money on that i think every sector the big issue will be that yes why i mean hasn't reliance shown you that how much of a of FDI, they can get in right now. How much of a rights issue can be subscribed? So we have an opportunity. We are, I think, just limiting our view to a few. There mm. has to be money put in. Mm. It was always required. And whose whose money is going? Is it going to be? Is it going to be government money, <coughs> taxpayer money, or is it going to be some kind of an enabling provision where you know people like you can come together and form a fund and you know? Everyone will. I think people's money will come in. Ekta was very correct in saying that people do have a savings sentiment right now. It's an uncertain time. People will save some some kind of money for expenditure. But all the same, you've seen the rights issue. Fifty-three thousand crores subscribed one point five nine times. Hmm. I think there is <clears throat> there is money going to come in. FDI. There's one lakh crore which is coming from FDI. It's going to be listed as they say possibly on the Nasdaq. Fifty-three thousand crores here, digitally done. Not even a single—I mean, not much of paperwork in that at all. Mm. So there is money going to come from people. There is money going to come from Indian investments, Indian investors, multilateral investments, FDI, and all that we need to do. This is a breakthrough moment for India. We need to make it much easier for people to do business in. We need to make it much easier for rules and regulations to be reset. as perhaps they were in 1991 also okay in all great time to look ahead for india if you can think plan adopt technology adopt cost effectiveness and and competition i i i i get your point mr talwar and i want to i'm i'm glad you sort of segued into the fdi point and it helps me go to mr mukesh agi uh, without having to pose a question mr mukesh agi do you really think uh, that uh, you know there are two points that actually have come about uh, i think almost uh, no matter what i asked the conversation has pivoted towards except in the case of devjani towards two points one is the digital divide and the, the and the second is the uh, you know 
uh, easing of regulations and you know sort of deregulation deregulating sectors and attracting money and investments um in your experience your from your point of view sitting in washington dc uh i think it's easier said than done what what is your point of view well, i think uh, I, i just want to add a couple of things one is hmm. we believe that after the post covid international order will reset hmm. and that means uh india has a much stronger wider role to play in the global order that's one second is global supply chains will shift china will be the least beneficiary of that and india could be the most beneficiary if india gets its act together when i say act together there has to be a sense of predictability there has to be a sense of transparency in policy making can, can and you, can you summarize that in say say three action points so like I, very you know, specific i would say for example land reforms hmm. uh, labor reforms more important is 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 you know as, as earlier mentioned on the digital side you know what is the policy is going to be on e-commerce it keeps on shifting on a daily basis hmm. and i think that's not healthy it sends a wrong message but i think one thing you have to understand that india to get back to 7 8 or 9% growth will require roughly 100 billion dollar of investment fdi on an annual basis and there's enough capital out there in the world and as the global order shifts us india will align more and technology and capital will come from the us mm. what india needs to do is compete mm. for that capital country with countries like vietnam cambodia thailand and i think if we can bring the sense of a stable predictable environment that capital come in very very fast because with a large market mm-hmm. us companies saying i want to bring in a lot of my technology services into india and in fact if you look at today 70% of the ip coming out of india is generated by us companies within india itself mm. and i think that culture will come through that capital will come through and mm. india can be a beneficiary if it gets its act together there i i want to do a follow up on this because if you spoke about fdi uh, you are someone who has spent the last few years straddling between donald trump yelling america first and mr modi yelling uh, make in india uh, and these are on the face of it at least you know sort of conflicting goals right and and how how do you still think and in a post covid world this a lot of people fear that this kind of protectionism where people want to save the jobs for their own people is going to take precedence because the public mood is more important they are the voters um, how do you think that this co- conflicting uh, requirement uh, political requirement how is it going to is it going to be a sort of deterrent in 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 the in the kind of progress that all of us here are hoping for well i think uh, almost in every country nationalism has crept in you look at china they become yeah. more aggressive to answer your question i believe i don't think they're uh, contradictory you know when the prime minister modi says be vocal about local uh, it's about trying to bring self sufficiency if you look at india in the 60s got self sufficiency in the food area now post covid has sent a very clear message we need to get our act together in india on the healthcare side now what is us export to india two broad items planes and energy india does not produce those two items so i don't think from that perspective there is a conflict what does india export to the us it services and generic drugs those are the two largest item which us does not produce in fact if you look at 40- but they but they belly constantly especially on the drugs front on the pharmaceuticals 
Yeah, but you know, they, they're doing more R&D. If you look at the Gilead Remdesivir drug, which is considered one of the yeah. first drugs which can uh, help on cure of uh, COVID, uh, even though the research R&D is done by, by Gilead, but the production is done by Indian generic companies, companies like Jubilant and others itself. And one thing I just want to point out is India supplies 40% of the U.S. generic drug uh, into this market and brings roughly $30 billion of saving to the U.S. government. So I think the relationship is complementary. Being vocal for local is not contradictory. And I believe both countries can cooperate co and collaborate in a new international order, which is a win-win for both countries. No, so um, I, I think I'll come back to this point because I want to go to Devjani with this particular uh, technology-related point that you made because I want to come back and bring up the Harley-Davidson issue, for example. It's not a question of what U.S. exports to India, but what it wants to export. And that is where the conflict will arise. Uh, Devjani, your point, uh, you know, you heard all of them speak about it from the sectors that they represent. Um, uh, what did you make of this... Uh, from a consumer point of view, let's stick to the consumers, right? Um, for this, this might be a great time for enterprises to make the transition into, uh, you know, high tech, um, cloud, MI, AI, ML, AI. But what about uh, consumers shift to technology beyond the use of apps for ordering stuff? So look, look, let's look around us what's happening today. Uh, most of the students, okay, how are they learning? Mm. Schools are closed. You know, we've been talking about online education for I think, Rajani, sorry to interrupt one second, but this school's business, there are, I have some anecdotal evidence from a lot of parents, and I don't think it's as rosy as it is made to feel at this point. No, I'm not talking about rosy. I'm talking uh, about the fact that whether it works or not is the second question. Okay? Yeah, okay. Hmm. But the fact is today most students are using computers and phones to start learning. Parents are having a problem because the role of the teacher and the role of the parent, there's a huge overlap and that's hmm. getting merged and parents do not want to take on the role of teachers and teachers will have to step up how to use technology. But the fact is when we were faced with the lockdown and we didn't have an option and uh, the kids were at home and education had to continue, it was technology, which, you know, it was, it was like fish taking to water. I have always said that Indians take to technology literally like fish takes to water. You know, we gripe a lot about it and we keep saying that it's not possible, it's not going to happen. But the moment there is a real need, forget all the problems and we take to technology. Look at, look at. So how, how do you, in, how do you think, how do you think corporate India, how do you think corporate India will, I mean, I, I, I understand that those who can and those who can afford will take to it like fish to water. But for, what about uh, the inclusion? How do we make it available? This is, you see, this, this, and I, I so agree with the with speakers who said there's going to be a fundamental reset here. And that reset is not about going back to work with social distancing and masks on. Hmm. That reset is a fundamental reset of business models. How you do business, who is your consumer, how do you talk to your consumer, there's going to be a fundamental uh, reset. For the IT industry, one of the big reset or one of the big uh, re-priorities that we are currently working on is um, how we innovate. We have to adopt now a 
a very strong people lens to our innovation. Innovation has been led by a technology lens till now <clears throat> to a large extent. That has to completely change. We have to now put a people lens to our innovation, which is which sounds simple, but is actually very difficult. So how, how does that translate to someone like an Ekta or a Ritesh uh, who have lots of employees on their uh, board? And people, please feel free to jump in wherever you want to. Uh, for example, what I'm trying to ask is when you put people first and not technology first, uh, are you saying that, uh, you know, don't deploy technology to reduce the number of jobs? Uh, instead, deploy technology. We have always said that. We have always said it's not a machine versus man or human. Mm -hmm. It is a machine and man. It is a machine and human story. Uh, in a company, in a country like India, where we have a median age of what, 23, 24, where we are going to have around 90 million young people ready to join the workforce in another five years. And guess what? China is going to see a decline. The only other country who's going to see a positive workforce joining, I mean, po positive uh, uh, number with respect to you joining workforces, you, you, that's in like a few millions. India is going to see 90 million youth ready to join the workforce in the next few years. We have to have a completely different mindset to technology. See, the older countries where, where people are getting old, technology has to replace people in the workforce. In India, where we have such a young work population, we cannot even think about replacing people with technology. It has to be about adding to their productivity. It has to be about boosting their productivity, enabling them to do more. So India needs a completely different playbook from the West when it comes to technology. And, and do you think it is happening? Is, is, is oh, it, it, is, it is absolutely happening. I'll give you an example of, you know, a, an immediate example that comes to mind of what this lockdown has done. The IT industry in India is roughly around 4.35 million people. Nearly 4 million people were moved to work from home the first week of the lockdown with assets. So we were 98% working from home because companies decided it's absolute employee safety first. Only bare essential, you know, 2% was left back on campus. Even now that the lockdown has started easing up, the industry has decided we are going to do a very staggered opening. So we are roughly right now around 95% or maybe 92% back to office. What we realized in this lockdown is because the remote working did not lead to any loss in productivity. We did not, and this is what Mr. Chauhan was also saying, we saw zero drop in productivity because people are working from home. Mm -hmm. Yes, the situation can be improved with last mile connectivity, power supply, etc. What this meant for us is a large part of our workforce, we have a very young workforce who were staying in the big cities and hostels, etc., to go back to their hometowns, villages, the smaller towns of India. And we realized that lo and behold, you can actually conduct work even with them in the smaller cities. So this has, a, so, so it's not just work uh, from Ekta, uh, I want to come to you before uh, we, are, we are sort of uh, coming, running out of time here. I want one question from you, uh, uh, which is basically your challenge is slightly different. Your challenge is not that technology is going to come and replace work. You need, uh, the, you know, Artists, uh, you know, art and cinema is going to play out a little differently. Uh, if you get a new piece of technology, you probably need three more people to run it, right? So actually, uh, my question is because I run three different businesses in the same business. Huh. I'd have like uh, 
piece it out into two parts. Hmm. One is that has the work continued. Yes, it has. And the ideation that has happened in the last three months has been fantastic. Has the company grown? Yes, in a way, because it owns an app. It's hmm. a mass led app. clearly with all the controversies aside has done very well for itself because it's a cheap app and it does not want to contradict or fight netflix and amazon it mm. fights to get the audiences who watch tv but when you watch tv with your family you land up watching uh, what others want to watch you can watch individual programming for the mm. masses at in, on the app so that really worked for us mm. as uh, what what i agree with ma'am is that i think the lens of technology we can't look at a business anymore with only technology we have to have a people lens mm. at the same time mm. technology has had one part of the business mm. one part of the business is now putting people back on job because we need think, to get so, content I, 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 yeah i'm going to come to that that is the most important part for example for an industry as big and as big as an employer as the film industry and you as a producer you also wear a producer's hat so yes. uh, so my question is that a people are not i mean I, people might go back to the theaters uh but maybe in fewer numbers i think that is more or less settled at least for yeah. the next year or two right yeah. um and uh so for you the problem is the multiplexes are not just losing ticket sales they are losing all that uh, you know fancy popcorn and the prohibitively expensive yeah. samosas and which means that they are not going to pay you money for you know as much as they used to which means either the number of films produced in a year has to go down or the number of uh, amount of money spent on every film has to go down which one is the choice that you would make so like for me and i'm talking individually because i have represent my own company we are now pumping in more money into films in the mm. next one year because we believe the deliberation will lead to celebration and you know it takes a whole the whole process of a film is one and a half years mm. and we are hoping that there's been a mindset change and we're investing for that mm-hmm. simultaneously we are breaking out our investment into digital now mm. and television of course is a cost plus model mm. so our whole thing is that we are not feeling scared as such as a, as as the producers of the industry know that if tomorrow film can't release automatically there is a digital space the film will be watched mm. no so but the cost to, is recovery you have to keep the cost enough to recover it from a digital yes, so there you come into play where you actually say okay and since everyone is aware of the situation being so drastic there is a whole industry coming together and saying let's make cost effective films tomorrow if they don't release in the theaters there's mm. enough audience on different apps mm. i myself can't afford on my app because i'm mm. a very cheap app <laughs> and app for the masses but <laughs> i sell my own films on different apps okay because mm. i'm like now we are going to be waiting to see how the next 6 months or one year plan out mm. films will still be watched they might have so let us say uh, let's say an aspiring filmmaker is watching this a scriptwriter or a producer is watching it and he is saying that what should be my what should my cost go down by in my lamb but I, i i would say to keep in mind that tomorrow the supply versus demand might change with the different app because mm. there are only three or four big players big apps mm. who are going to be picking up films people like us will be wanting to make content instead and mm. pick up content mm. i would say uh, you would have to deliberately keep your cost at least 30% lower than what you imagined because one sector that is the theatrical release has gone down mm. even though there are movies being picked up at one point the supply demand chain will be mm. um inequal and that's when films which are slightly more economical will be taken up by the apps far faster okay that's a great insight me if you are wanting to make a movie reduce your cost by at least 30% 
least 30%. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, who, who else wants to chip in on, uh, you know, between what Devjani and Ekta said, uh, is there something, before I get into the digital divide issue, once again, with, with, with Mr. Joshi raised, um, you know, is this kind of a cost uh, consciousness, is this going to be, I, mean, I don't want to use, I had promised myself I won't use the word new normal. Uh, but is this cost consciousness the new way of life, Ritesh? Sure, look, you, you know, as Ekta and Devjani mentioned, I think fundamentally in the new world, mm. people will want to make sure that there is a new order in terms of not just the new world in terms of businesses, countries and so on, but also in terms of people's earnings and income patterns mm. and hence what they're willing to expense in various areas. So people are willing to spend probably more on healthcare and safety, but at the same time for the things earlier, they want to save 10 to 20% of the previous expenses. So for instance, we've issued a national uh, guideline for all of our hotel partners that what are the four or five places you can use technology to operate more efficiently in your hotel, right from at check-in, how do you ensure digital payments are promoted? How do you ensure that key cards can be significantly more digitized? Uh, mm -hmm. basic things which help the 20-30% that Ekta is mentioning. I don't think it's a movie industry only benchmark. I think it's going to be a cross industry benchmark where you have to reduce your cost of operating and all the savings invest that back into safety and security because that's the new normal and I know that uh, you didn't want to use the word but that's mm -hmm. absolutely the new normal. No, no. So there are two things I decided not to call this. One, this is not a webinar. Two, we are not talking about new normal. We're talking about the big reset. That was my idea. Uh, so Mr. Joshi, I want you to come in on this, uh, what, uh, you know, Ritesh just said. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we are relying on technology. There, so technology is required. Cost consciousness is required. Um, uh, and, and when you match the two, it only comes down to uh, widening the digital divide. Is that a legitimate fear? See, I'll, uh, I'll agree with what Ritesh has said and uh, also, you know, what Ekta has said before this, but I'd, I'd like to come in on just two issues here. Uh, work from home and distance learning, uh, both of them. See, there are some fundamental things which we need to address. Mm. When we talk of both these things, both work and education mm. are not just about work and education. They are also a lot about socializing. There, there, are, there are a lot about identity, about who you belong to. Now, technology is one part of it. But what we are finding, and this is a survey we are doing as we, we are practicing this working from home, we are finding you know, a lot of uh, people getting so disturbed, psychologically disturbed, mm. by the kind of work environment which they are now faced with, uh, where they don't have a, you know, a coffee machine to gossip around, mm. uh, where they don't have a colleague to socialize with, students are facing the same problem. Mm. So how far technology can replace, there are limits. There are limits how far they can go. So the companies in the future will have to be extremely cautious. There are, going to, there are psychological problems. We have to find new ways of dealing with these problems. And we need to start looking at some of these issues. How do you tackle this new digital age where people start working remotely, where office takes on a different meaning, loyalties to your organization take on a different meaning. That mm. also has implications for data security, so mm. internal test to data security. There are lots of issues which companies will have to cope with when they move into this brave new digital world. Interesting. Um, so, uh, Mr. Chauhan, uh, 
do you want to pick up from that from that uh, thought your thread that uh, mr joshi is leaving us with no for me uh, i mean i have gone through this uh, bse used to be a floor based exchange hmm. and which is exactly came, why i jumped to you uh. right so when the screens <laughs> came uh, all the brokers said boss this is wrong 120 30 years uh, uh. and it has been proven even in america that hmm. floor being liquidity hmm. and uh, those days based of harshal mehta days which most of us fondly remember as the a golden period of indian stock market we used to trade hmm. only 200 crore a day hmm. today on a good day we will trade 20 lakh crore a day right so it's like a degrees of difference what happened is a new way of life came hmm. of course it was not forced like covid hmm. but it's a jolt and uh, there will be people uh, there will be businesses even in uh, what uh, ekta said some of our businesses even if she puts in more money may not revive so much hmm. some of our business she may not put much money but may become very large and that's what uh, basically the future is all about we need to take the future and run with it uh, and of course we'll have to spread out uh, on different different areas to mm. ensure uh, that some of our uh, what i call buying of lottery tickets huh. optionalities huh. Uh, is what we need to buy as a country uh, as individuals as businesses uh, and for me uh, that's what i try to uh, tell everyone uh, whoever wants to listen is that mm. uh, this is an opportunity as much as it is a, a threat mm. and we need to figure out Uh, in our own businesses mm. uh, each and every business or each and every skill which mm. individuals possess that which of that is going to change and how and mm. if new thing is coming in my own business mm. uh, which is actually uh, just no, i think I, i think let me simplify this a little more for our viewers you are saying that there will be a premium for people who are able to pivot faster right uh, whether it is the use of technology whether it is being cost conscious whether it is about hedging their bets in trying to identify which segments of their businesses are going to do well from a money essentially where the money flows will determine what wins let's let's all agree on that right for me it may not be true oh, the money flow for uh, me no. basically the optionality part of life huh. is not about how much money you put in huh. it's about without what i call capitalism without capital okay the modern world Mm. is about not putting too much money mark zuckerberg mm. didn't put 20 billion dollars to create facebook mm. it's 100000 dollars and then you make 100 billion dollars company right so it's not about money it's about basically little bit of money lot of brains and lot of ability to pivot continuously mm. evolve continuously and that's what the life is going to be today india is what i call capital deficit mm. not today but last 300 years mm. and we were always searching for capital today mm. you don't require capital you require a little bit of capital but lot yeah, of mr talwar on the possibly mr talwar you are probably the most capital intensive business here absolutely uh, so infrastructure uh, i will keep out uh, but otherwise <laughs> the wealth for me capitalism used to be capital oriented now the capitalism that is wealth creation will be without capital requirement very little capital and you can become billionaires and that's what i want to uh, india to aspire every small little boy on the street has to aspire that i will become a billionaire by use of my brains and whatever little money is required somebody is going to give me and that's what i try to create as ecosystem continuous a 19 year old ritesh agarwal did not need a covid crisis to become a billionaire <laughs> at uh, by 27 uh, uh, you know you know a thing or two about bill being billionaire ritesh do you want to add to this before we go to the next panelist Yeah, look. I think uh, you know. I will. This aspirational uh, will, thing that we are talking about. I don't want to make a generic statement. I'm saying yes. the the is it a time for aspiration or is it a time to play safe? Yeah, look. I think uh, I clearly believe that great companies are built during the time of crisis. Uh, when I was uh, starting this company, almost everybody convinced me not to be in the business of hospitality. 
they said it was capital intensive it was very saturated nobody wanted to come so that's what that was one world and on the other side i would see hundreds of people come out not hundreds thousands of people come out of a train station and not find a good place to live in mm-hmm. so i felt that was a little bit of a dichotomy that consumers want to pay and get a good service mm-hmm. but the smart people who understand lot about business don't think so so mm-hmm. maybe one of them is wrong so mm-hmm. my sense is uh, people who are close to consumers Mm-hmm. will find out about the problems and create some incredible businesses and hopefully uh, uh, you know one thing that i learned from mr chauhan is a i had never come up with this word i agreed completely with his philosophy of uh, capitalism without capital that's a very interesting way of putting it uh, i i think uh, mr talwar i think it's for you to jump in and say I, ca- is right. it possible for real estate to go capital light capital light yes uh, uh, homes how, how would that be homes have to be compact uh, homes in fact the prime minister's already announced mm. that i think what mr aji said uh, the gentleman from the us mm. that land labor laws they are uh, they are going to be and liquidity mm. are going to be critical for the future you've got to rethink a lot why should people be living in slums people will think of ideas people will think of putting in money and money will follow for good ideas people have to rethink a lot in this world the new world order which emerges and i'm quite sure that from 89 trillion dollars i think we are going to see an economic reset which will be probably be amongst 120 to 130 trillion dollars global gdp because people all over the world are thinking india has a great opportunity because of our population size our demographic advantage whatever we've been talking about mm-hmm. and people have the ability to think they have the ability to innovate the more ideas they get they will be getting funding over there and funding can be right across it's not on a collision course hmm. between as you were trying to say but between vocal for local and hmm. national national nationalism hmm. it money will come in from all avenues and it will come across countries which can innovate hmm. which can research and which can provide ease of investment also so mm. all these are uh, all these are opportunities every crisis i mean we are, we are so much more different from what happened during the spanish flu mm. we are so much more different after the world war there have been constant threats coming in um, ashish talked only about the nuclear threat there's a new mm. world order which, which says that okay eventually you have some country showing the nuclear missiles but by and large they are use, useless you can't press the button on anyone so all these will come about and opportunities mm. will be there whether it's media and entertainment whether it's hospitality in fact hospitality i think uh, the kind of platform that ritesh has put in his mm. biggest new customer will be the prime minister's avas yojana if we have got to build 50 to 60 million homes mm. for people to change their financial and emotional security then i think the biggest opportunity would be on rental people can own a place in one city far away in the world or far away in india and live in another so rental housing will come in why should people not have homes when they get out of a train or a or a plane why should they only be living or in buses why should they be looking out for a jhuggi to look in you know for a slum to look into so i think all or everywhere people have got to rethink remodel so ritesh do you agree with that do you see an opportunity in prime pradhan mantri awas yojana absolutely look i think this is the technology um, demonetization equivalent um, uh, situation where you stole my line ritesh right <laughs> in, in the new world 
you know you want you want people to have great quality <laughs> housing that um, you know people have said for a long time but mm. this this provides an opportunity for this country to really uh, bring uh, you know everybody deserves a good quality living space that's um, a very simple aspiration that every indian should be able to aspire so i have a uh, complete agreement with mr talwar on on this respect you know so, i hope the legacy that uh, covid leaves behind for india at least hmm. is legacy of some game changing reforms hmm. that's the one thing we need whether it is with respect to ease of doing business labor uh, technology but in i think hindsight we will all look back and actually have some silver lining to covid if during hmm. time we can seize the opportunity to take mm. radical reforms in the country mm. uh, that will set us up for absolute long term future on that note i'm going to do a closing one liner with each one of you um, there have been reforms that have been announced so far and i'm sure it's not perfect nobody is expecting it to be perfect so far so let us score on a you know on a scale of 1 to 10 how do you think these reforms have fared and one po- the top of the list of reform as far as you are concerned that should be enacted upon immediately your suggestion to the government let's go one after the other uh, devjani please you are still on the frame so let's go with you first but i think from a tech perspective the biggest reform first the score first the first is the score so far the reforms that have been announced whether it's atmanirbhar or uh, the other uh, reforms that have been announced how much do you score that on a scale of 10 I'll speak to the tech industry. That's what I'm most comfortable with, yeah. and on that, I would say the reforms that we've seen it would be around seven or eight, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the tech industry is concerned. Um, the the biggest opportunity ahead of India is ease of doing business across the board. Okay, next one, uh, Mr. Agi, uh, from a Washington D.C. point of view, and somebody who has a stake in India. who has been here and seen everything score of the reform and what is it that you would like to see immediately well reform announcement and reform execution are very different okay and if we talk about execution i would probably say around 5 uh-huh. as far as one major change we like to see uh-huh. it is more of a attitude of bureaucrats to execute in a more efficient and effective manner hmm. because prime minister has a vision but it has to be executed Mm. and if bureaucracy is not behind that then it struggles so i think reforms on the bureaucracy is important okay mr talwar i think uh, intent to reform especially of the prime minister 9 mm. on 10 and the biggest thing i think is to downvalue land because that's something which should not come in as a major investment okay so so i think i think uh, i i can't uh, you know i have to go back to my reporter self and mr talwar you are saying push the prices down push the land prices down yeah if you want to right can, can i quote you on that there is going to be a story better, tomorrow whether it is whether it is buildings whether it is industries ha huh. so the best oh, way to bring home prices down is to bring the land prices down that's it. not home prices hmm. well, home no. prices yeah no, that's prices. what the government is pushing for okay. government is saying cut the prices but you are saying we can't cut prices if land is expensive we already have a solution for that there is so much of land owned by companies private companies are monetizing land that's what all the private companies who are venturing into real estate are doing hmm. so can the government whether it is public sector undertakings whether it is private undertakings or whether it is governments uh, union government or state government hmm. bring that price down 
closest to zero and mm. you will have enough affordable housing all over the country mr talwar i'm going to invite you on another panel again very soon because we need to discuss this housing for all there was a, there have been three different blueprints that have come over the last in the last 10 years alone right there was one under the upa then there was one under the nda and it has changed form again and again but nothing has really happened about uh, you know sort of monetizing the psu land which has been discussed again and again so we'll come back to this on another chat but ritesh your turn now uh, sure look, i think and the biggest one i think i will focus on sme um, and rental housing given these are two areas which are uh, significant focus for us I think on the vision and the changes of reforms, I would probably rate very close to what Mr. Talwar did, which is at a eight or nine or ten. Hmm. And specifically, the two things that are very critical: one is SME. Hmm. You and I uh, know how long pending this has been to be able to make a change on what SME definition will look like. Hmm. I think that's going to benefit the real heart of the Indian economy, which is a small business person. if hmm. every person in this room has something to do with the sme in this country and i think that's a huge change hmm. and the second is a rental housing hmm. i think uh, you know on a lighter note i would say um, if if the land prices go down the building prices go down the rentals go down hmm. so uh, uh, it's it's a it's a chain that is hyper connected so hmm. i do believe that um, you know that's the second big change with rental housing that that we're going to see in the times to come and 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 uh, you and mr talwar are going to have a meeting after this okay <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, mr chauhan uh, from you uh, what is the score of the reforms that have been announced so far and your view on the execution if you have any and what is the biggest reform that you would like to see basically the way i look at it is as uh, i think uh, mr talwar said uh, the intent uh, mm. is pretty much 9 or 10 out of 10 mm. and as uh, mukesh said uh, uh, the implementation is where uh, we have worries mm. uh, we need basically all of them together it cannot be to get me a first sabji and then mm. after 5 years you get me a, a roti it doesn't mm. work that way i need to have roti sabji everything dal in mm. the same thali okay. to be able to eat right mm. so that's where we need all judicial reforms land reforms labor reforms mm. tax reforms consistency reforms and mm. so on and so forth but if we can't change which is looking very possible because the amount of steel frame we still have it's not shaking mm. we will have to create some sort of a special economic zone near mm. the sea shores mm. to create jobs just mm. don't touch them don't allow our bureaucracy to go in allow movement of goods services to become part of supply chains global mm. supply chains to ensure that at least our people get jobs don't worry about your taxes don't worry about your other uh, controls which you have just keep them as separate part of india people mm. go in the morning uh, to do jobs come out in the indian territory in the evening and mm. that's what uh, china did in 1979 mm. with shenzhen as a one single place and then they kind of uh, did it across uh, mm. the world the second part uh, mm. which is uh, for me uh, very close to my heart is all this whatever we are seeing is part of the world long term trends mm. sometimes these shocks come at the same time for mm. me uh, the geopolitics eats mm. economy for breakfast okay mm. so worry about geopolitics see the alignment and i think mukesh is doing a phenomenal job mm. sitting there in dc uh, basically taking the cudgels for india taking the causes of india so thank you mukesh for all thank the hard work you do i know uh, you are really sort of working across uh, one of those silent uh, you know uh, actors that are making a lot of things happen between us and india and uh, definitely kudos for that mr raghi i would join mr uh, chauhan in applauding for you and so you know on a lighter note 
I'd like to come in on a lighter note mm -hmm. that yes, I think we were talking of reforms as well as the execution that everyone needs dal, roti, sabzi altogether. Mm. I think as India in their own good kitchen mm. with a touch of amul mm. to give you that you know excellent butter which should kind mm. of kind of tickle the brain and mm -hmm. come up with better and better ideas. And, and I would also add that watching yeah, television and watching, and watching yes, and a and watching. local show. And the last point I want to make is that uh, next, my hypothesis is that next 50 years, uh, the world will create wealth that has not been created in the last 10,000 years. Wow. World total wealth hmm. is around $360 trillion. Okay? And, and in the next going to, 50 I, years, we are going to create that $360 trillion of wealth. And uh, first time in the last 1,000 years, India uh, is there wanting to participate, is ready to participate, has people to participate. Thousand years we missed out. I'm going, I'm going to give the stage to Mr. Joshi and he's going to ask you who is that wealth going to? We come to that. <laughs> if we can, if we, 17% of the world population of India, if we can make 25% of the wealth, we will actually go in our wealth from $9 trillion to $100 trillion in next 50 years. And still Fantastic. we will be only 15% of world's wealth and 17% of world population. So we will still not be a richer part of the world, but hmm. we would have gone up 10 times on our wealth and probably 15 times on our ability to produce. And I hope most of people who are watching this are some of them who are, are you know, benefit from this enormous wealth creation that Mr. Chauhan is talking about. Ekta, last but not the least, actually Mr. Joshi is also pending, but Ekta, for you, I don't think uh, your industry is one where the government has so far had very little sort of interference. Can I say that? Is that fair? Well, if you say we are insulated. Insulated, you know, right? You, 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 वर्ल्ड Hmm. at low cost pricing because we can afford to make shows hmm. at a much cheaper price we have a lot of indian shows that travel in various parts of the country that's why we started an indian app that hmm. was not meant to fight netflix people are hmm. like but hmm. why don't you make netflix kind of shows because hmm. i don't want to make netflix kind of hmm. i want to make shows for tier 2 and tier 3 hmm. and for the indian who probably or for growing developing countries hmm. no one knows there are a lot of indian content is watched in africa Mm -hmm. So I feel the opportunity to take local products, content, apps internationally will be a next big move as far as government intent goes. I think the Prime Minister's intent is 10 on 10. I would not say 9 on 10. Mm. He is probably what I'm looking forward to seeing how he turns around this economy. It will be a sight to see. And as mm. far as my concern goes is execution because that is something which we will all have to, I think, ourselves adopt and take on with our local uh, you know, on our, in our local businesses, you know. No, but I'm saying that, uh, you know, uh, this entertainment business, would you uh, see, I mean, we have a, a representation from a varied, you know, sort of sectors, right? Uh, mm. It is something that is directly linked to the consumer. Uh, but is it something, is it changing from, let us say, uh, a discretionary product to a, an FMCG or vice versa? Is there, a, is there a change of character when it comes to entertainment business? And so, 
the change is coming in because see for me there's a change because i've suddenly become from uh, b2b to b2c ha huh. i'm owning an app now yeah. i'm directly really dealing with the consumer hmm. i feel the consumer taste does change not only technology but also content hmm. because i know for a fact what you want to watch with your family you won't watch with your alone Mm-hmm. It's like your music playlist when you're alone is very different than what you watch in your friends, your friends in the park. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was that's why it is going to be consumer and SMG. Uh, sorry for my picking up the wrong word, but it is everything is consumer led. Eventually, mm-hmm. the taste mm-hmm. of the audience is going to decide where they consume what content, mm-hmm. and that's going to take form in different form. That's why an app gets individual content, mm-hmm. TV does family content, and movies are for. what should i say um uh it's for the it's for content that is consumed by friends you okay. know okay uh, that's an interesting perspective on that mr joshi last but not the least but our partner in this uh, special series uh, the big reset mr joshi on behalf of orf uh, i don't know I, i i would want to put you on this side of the this thing where we don't have to score but you are free to take the opportunity and give this government a score on the reform I agree with both from Gishaga and Ashish. Five out of ten. Uh, I only get five out of ten. Process reforms. Process reforms mean reforms in the judicial processes, reforms in the process, reforms in the process of the exhibit itself. Until those five out of ten reforms are implemented, what means process reforms? Process reforms, reforms in the uh, reforms, announcements, policies only get you so far. The processes. get you to the last mile and the processes are actually do with all three arms of the government fantastic that's a great closing thought uh with that i would like to sign off i know this is extended a little beyond what i had promised to each one of you uh but you know what when you're having fun why not you know you all want to stretch it as much as we can thanks a lot to everybody who's been here thank you everyone thank you everyone thank you thank you everyone and let us all also thank the viewers who've been with us uh through this entire journey uh this is just the beginning you 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 ain't seen anything yet as a famous british prime minister once said so let's uh with on that note i would like to sign off this is shridha mayer on behalf of business insider see you soon